0: Good morning, God's wonderful people. Today's a remarkable day, and mustn't we give God thanks for it? Something so remarkable as a new opportunity, a new dawn, a new beginning, a chance to turn your life around, a chance to make something of your life. This is something remarkable. Let's lift our voices and give Him thanks. Let's lift our hearts and give Him thanks for all the things He's about to do in our lives for all the things you have been through and for how he has molded and fashioned our lives after his glory. It is our intention, it is our purpose to always give thanks to God, to always sing his praise, to always make him please and to pleasure him. Let's do this with all our heart and give God glory for that is what we're created to do. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not it from thee, when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. That is a reading from Psalm 139, verse 14 to 18. And there it shows forth, my friends, David talking about how wonderfully made he was. He talks about how remarkable God's work was done and wrath in him. He says, I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. David was marveling at the wonder of God's creation in creating him. And don't for a moment believe that David is talking about creation in general. David is talking about him specifically. He says, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. Now David is talking about himself and about his life. Now him saying when I was made in secret could be referencing the secret relationship his father had with his mother because his father was married. David is a product of an extramarital affair. He could be referring to that when I was made in secret. He says, And curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, now that needs a little more digging to really understand David's statement there. But he's talking about the fact that when he was being formed, when he was being created, it was in secret and it was in a place where no one was able to see. But yet he says, thine eyes did see my substance. Yet being unperfect. Now, he's referencing there in his embryonic form in his mother womb. Because the word used there for substance, it means an embryo, an unformed substance. That's why he says yet being unperfect. In other words, yet not formed. And in thy book, all my members were written. In other words, you are saying from even the point where man's eyes or eyes could not see me, you saw me. You took care of me. You purposed my life. And in thy book, all my members were written. God purposed for every part of David's body to be created. And it's the same for us. He purposed for a part of us to be created. Mm. He says, O precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. O great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. We are talking about the warrior's identity. And we are focusing in on Genesis 1, verse 26 to verse 31. Looking specifically at the final three creative declarations that God made. And these three creative declarations are made in respect of the warrior, man. In respect of man, who the warrior is. Warrior is a man. So these declarations made in Genesis chapter 1, Verse 26 to 31, in respect of man, are the very same declarations that are made over the life of the warrior. So let us understand here, my friends, that as warriors of God, as warriors in the kingdom of God, we are not exempt from these decorations. They are about us. And so we take time out to understand them. We take time out to make them a part of our lives and to live by them and to Make our life reflect them. Because that's our purpose to be giving there. Man is a remarkable creation. I tell you more, man is the greatest marvel of creation. While we may talk about the seven wonders of the earth, none of those can compare to the marvel of man's creation. Because man is a remarkable creation. And David remarked here, though he was not speaking of man's initial creation, but rather of his own, shows in some way how man is a remarkable creation. Have you ever noticed how most of the various idols made are made to look like man? In other words, man is creating a God for himself, and yet the God that man creates looks like man. How is that? How is it that man is creating a God or making a God for himself and yet the God looked like man himself? You see friends, maybe it is so because man innately knows that he is a remarkable creation. And when he looks at his own creation, maybe that causes him to see that there is something remarkable about him. Maybe, I don't know. Also when you think of it, idolatry is really man worshipping himself. That is exactly what idolatry is. It's man worshipping himself. And so he create the object of his worship to look like him. In other words, it is self-worship. Idolatry is not more than self-worship. Worshipping of self. In other words, if you create something and then turn around to worship it, it's yourself you are worshipping. Because that is your creation. That is your creation. You created it. So I believe idolatry. And here we're seeing idolatry is rooted in self-worship. The warrior, my friend, is a remarkable creation. And that should help us to understand and establish who the warrior is. He's a remarkable creation. That should add to his identity. He's not just something thrown on a paper. He's not just, I mean, a lump of flesh, lump of dirt that does... Is thrown out. He was formed. No explosion created his surroundings or his society or his world. It was planned and meticulously created. We have already established, my friends, the fact that man's body is a remarkable creation. Man is the pinnacle of God's wonderful creation. So I won't be analyzing from the the perspective of the science of man's body. Because that is already established. But rather, I want to uncover the truth as is declared here in man's operational manual, the Bible. In the Bible, the Hebrew word for man is Adam. And as we have established before, the Hebrew word is composed of the letters which which each has a meaning and so function as a component that creates the concept of the word. This therefore means that this word can teach us what man is. So if we analyze this word, we will learn about what man is and so understand who the warrior is or the warrior's identity. So here we want to analyze this word Adam. Each letter of this word adds to the meaning of the word. This means that each of the letters of Adam adds to its meaning. We have already analyzed the Aleph and the Mem. So, we won't analyze these words in analyzing Adam. We will analyze the Dalet and draw from this whole presentation what Adam, the word Adam, teaches us about Adam. Now it's interesting, my friends, that the Bible, the word Adam means man, speaks of man. It's a Hebrew word for man. And yet the first man is called Adam. Yet Adam is not a name. When you look in the Hebrew text, you realize that Adam is not a name. Adam speaks of a category of being. But when it's refers specifically to the first man created, it is, it is the, the Adam. The Hebrew word used there is the Adam. A-Adam. That's the specific word that is used in reference to Adam. In other places, just basically the word Adam. So when, it's, when it says the Adam, the man or the Adam, which is the man, when the Bible uses that that statement or that phrase, then we know it's referring to specifically the first man created whom we call Adam. So the word itself has a lot of things to tell us about who man is. But I want you first to understand here, I I, I contemplate this. Why is it that God never gave the first man a name? Why? Why Why didn't God give... Adam, a name, why is he just called the man? I don't know. But maybe, just so maybe, God in his wisdom knows that if he gives this man a name, maybe to become an idol to man himself. And they'll see Adam as their creator. And so the name becomes a name that's revered. (laughs) I don't know. Because man man worships himself so much that maybe God didn't want to create a reference point for them to be You know, making idols to themselves. I don't know. Just a thought. But let's analyze this word, Adam. The word Adam comes from three three Hebrew words. It's really really constructed of three Hebrew Hebrew letters, rather. I keep saying words. It's Aleph, Dalit, and Mem. Now, like I said, we've analyzed these letters before. But for today, we're not going to analyze the letter. I want to present to you a specific truth concerning Adam. Aleph always points to God. And if you want to see or to to get a presentation that I've done concerning the Aleph, you can listen to our presentation um, or episode that deals with the fruit of the Spirit um, in in our our previous um, series. We have done presentation on the, the fruit of the Spirit is faith, part one, that deals with the Aleph, and the Mem, we have dealt with that in the episode that leaves the fruit of spirit is joy part two now the aleph always points to god always points to god it's actually the ox head and it always points to god the dalet is a door it's a path or a way of life it's it's a movement into and out of yeah the point at which you move into the house or out of the house all right the mem is the is water it, it, it's mighty chaos it means to come from it also refers to life itself just as much as water is life yeah it refers to life. These three letters are what formed Adam. So what does these letters declare before uh, about Adam? What do these letters declare about uh, or to us about Adam? We say Aleph is God, Dalit is door and mem is water. When you look at these three letters, here's what I want to draw from them today. If Aleph points to God and Aleph is God, then it means man's own foundation, the essence and the core of man is God. All right. Now, the last two letters, Dalit and Mem, it spells the word Dam. Dam. And in Hebrew, Dam is blood. So if Aleph is God and Dam is blood, Adam declares God with blood. So Adam is God with blood. Or, in reality, it's God in the flesh. Now, I know that's going to cause a little rupturing because that statement and phrase is normally used of Christ. So I know you're thinking, that's what the Bible says about Jesus. Yes, that is true. But should we should also remember that Jesus is called the second Adam, the second God in the flesh. This is the reason why Christ is referred to as the second Adam, because Adam means God in the flesh. It declares that that's what Adam declares: God with blood, which is God in the flesh. When we look at creation, and, and we're gonna go, we're gonna analyze this in, in a much deeper way. When it comes to that point of it. But let me just tell you about it here. That when God made man. He formed man from the dust of the earth. That's what the scripture says. And as he formed man from the dust of the earth. The form was there. But it had no life in it. There was nothing. It was just nothing. It was just, it was just um, dust. Or you could say it was just flesh. It was a statue. All it was was a statue. No life in it. No breath. Nothing. No blood flowing, no, no, no life, in, in, in it's just clay. Dirt. It was just dirt, such so a statue. You know like when you form a statue out of clay? That's what it was. But when God breathed into man, man became a living soul. So in other words, man isn't that dust that was created, that lump of dust. Man isn't that statue. Man is what God breathed into that that, that that statue. That's who man is. Man is, in essence, God himself in the flesh. This tells us a lot, my friends. And let's see if we can understand. By, by, by this understanding, let's understand who man is. If Adam is God in the flesh, it therefore means... That when God created man, he created man to manifest himself. That man is supposed to be the physical expression of God. And that is what man is supposed to be. That's why God says, in our image, and we're going to analyze that. In our image, after our likeness. That's how man was created. So in essence, my friends, Adam is declaring that to us, that man is God in the flesh. Because man, in essence, was created to declare God in the physical realm. In other words, in this realm, God created us to be him. Well, when we get to it, you'll understand the rest of that. But there's so much that this is telling us, my friends. That one, we are supposed to be manifesting God and declaring God in the flesh. We are supposed to be God in the flesh. In other words, the qualities of God are supposed to be made manifest in our lives, in the flesh here, in this realm, in this physical realm. So my friends, this is what we are supposed to be doing. This is what we are supposed to be. This is how we are supposed to be operating in the physical realm. We are supposed to be declaring God, showing him forth. Now, I know that person is not talking about, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus being Emmanuel and Jesus being God in the flesh. And we are thinking that, well, oh, if if Jesus is God in the flesh, that means man man, 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 man can't be God in the flesh. But like I said, Christ is referred to as the second Adam, which means that it is a second time that God is coming forth with this ideal of what he created man to be. So he created man to be God in the flesh. But man marred that image. Man marred that purpose. He didn't fulfill that purpose. He somehow corrupted that purpose by stepping into sin. And so God brings a second Adam, another Adam, the second Adam, to redeem the first Adam so that he can come out of the has place himself in as a result of sin and come forth to become God in the flesh. And that's what God did. And that's what redemption is. Redemption is to bring you back to your original intent and purpose. That's what redemption did for us. It brings us back into the original relationship we're supposed to have with God and so reinstate us into our divine purpose and mission. So your original purpose and mission and relationship has been restored. And that's what redemption is. Where you are replaced and restored to what you are supposed to be and do. You are a remarkable creation because you were created to be God in the flesh. That's how remarkable you are. Now let your mind wrap itself around that. Wrap your mind around that, my friends. Because if you are supposed to declare God, then and you look at your life, the things that you are doing, the things you are engaged in, are they declaring God? That's not your purpose, my friends. Then you need to walk away from that. Anything in your life that is not declaring that God is Jehovah is God or Jehovah reigns or Jehovah is, if it's not declaring God, get rid of it. You were created to declare God. The warrior was created to declare God. The warrior is God in the flesh. The warrior is God in the flesh. You were created by god. i've I've most I've oftentimes said this to you, my friends, that when God created man, he breathed into man. So man came out of God. Man did not come out of the earth. God literally formed his body out of the earth, making his body to connect with the earth and making his body to connect with the physical realm. But then he breathed into man. Man became a living sword. The other point you need to look at, my friends, is that God says He's created man in His own image and after His likeness. The image of God. The Bible says God is spirit. If you have an image of a spirit, it will not be flesh. The image of a spirit is spirit. The likeness of a spirit is spirit. So if you are created in the image of God and after His likeness, you are spirit. You are not flesh. You live in flesh. God pour you into flesh. God breathes you into flesh. You came out of God. So therefore, if you take yourself out of God, you are nothing. You are dead. Just as when you plug an iron out of the electric wall socket, you literally render the iron dead. It cannot function. You cannot function out of God. You are remarkably created because you are created to be God in the flesh. And outside of God, you are nothing. It doesn't matter how much you want to achieve. You are nothing out of god because you were created to be god in the flesh o lord o god o excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger when i consider thy heavens the works of thy fingers all sheep and oxen yea the beast of the field the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas yehovah our lord how excellent is thy name in all the earth hallelujah we are fearfully and wonderfully made my friends we're a remarkable creation the warrior is a remarkable creation of god let us live as a remarkable creation and let us declare god as we live out our lives on this earth. Father, we thank you today for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your love, Lord. We thank you that you have chosen us to be the manifestation of you. You have decided that we should manifest you and you have purposed that that be our mission. Lord, we ask you today to help us to live out that mission in our daily walk and life so that, God, you can consistently and continually be glorified among men that your kingdom will be established here on earth as we allow our lives to be established with your kingdom or in your kingdom. Allow your your kingdom to be established in our lives. We pray today that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you and I do too.